Hello and welcome to the C21 podcast. My name is Jonathan Webdale. We hope you're safe and well wherever you may be. In today's episode, we'll be hearing from a pair of public service broadcasters about how they're responding to the COVID-19 crisis, tweaking their channel strategies and the kinds of opportunities that may exist for producers looking to work with them moving forwards. In a moment, Marnie Malabar, Director of Kids TV at TVO in Canada, but first Lottie Lindegaard, Director of Programmes at TV2 in Denmark, which itself recorded the country's first case of the coronavirus when an employee was diagnosed with the condition. The lockdown which followed had an immediate impact on the six-channel business, which till that point was experiencing its most successful 12 months on record. Gunn Akuz spoke to Lindegaard about how the broadcaster has adapted to the situation and the kinds of shows it's making and acquiring. We modified the scheduling as soon as we got locked down because everything was on full stop, right? I mean, we were right in the period where everything was going unusually well. I mean, we, we, we looked at a quarter, first quarter, uh, that where we had uh, grown to a level that's higher than we've ever been as a family of, of uh, six channels. Uh, TV2 Play was doing excellently. We had a higher revenue than we've had for years. So everything was going extremely well. And then everything was uh, put to halt. Everything got, got stopped um, just within, you know, a couple of days. We were in the middle of our very successful X Factor season and uh, tried to do one program without an audience, but now had to put the program completely on hold because we also had too big of a of crew to continue. You know, we had a whole bunch of, of, uh, of programs that we had, whether we were in the middle of producing, that we had to let them queue up and wait for green light again. And, uh, and then everything has been kind of... Uh, Everything's been quiet since, and we're all kind of waiting to see when it's possible to be together, a larger group of people again, and when it's possible to travel. When is it possible to travel again? When does it seem right to do dating formats again, which is really not the thing you want to put on air right now or produce right now. And, and so, so we're just kind of, everything is kind of at hold and in a weird waiting position. I think that, that's it. And and while we're waiting, we're filling in, you know, major, you know, feature films and all in the time slots or, or reruns in the time slots that we would usually have uh, new new stuff in, right? New new uh, programs in. So this is affecting. Um, I mean, the biggest patient zero was a TV two employee. So that means that kind of the, the seriousness of this situation hit us pretty hard right from the beginning, because what we had to do was find out you know, trace uh, the risk of corona having spread within TV2. So so there was a whole bunch of... Uh, so we, we, we basically went into some kind of medium lockdown situation and definitely a lockdown in the, in, in the sense that nobody wanted to meet with us. <laughs> All the meetings that were scheduled at TV2 were canceled and we had to go to meetings about that were canceled because nobody wanted to meet with the TV2 employee at that point because they were all worried that we all had had uh, COVID uh, nineteen, so so that was so so that was late February, and then pretty soon after that, uh, it was decided that that you know that everybody who did not need to go to work in public um, uh, companies or publicly owned companies had to work from home. What we're doing is that we're not really buying international titles to fill uh, specific slots left empty by production halls. 
So what we're doing is mainly using either reruns or Danish feature films. And they were licensed and, and licensed and, and moved into the, for instance, the, the Friday night crime slot and of X Factor. But, but we are really mainly rethinking our schedules to use local programming in, in, in creative ways. There's some titles that will be delayed until autumn. Uh, that is The Farm. That should have been scheduled. That was scheduled this spring, and and then there's others that, that other other titles that will launch as planned because we already have uh, a strong summer lineup. Um, so so there's quite a few shows that were already produced that we can move a little bit forward. The Greatest Dancer was the Danish premiere of the Danish or the Greatest Dancer this this uh, late late uh, spring, and that's not going to be aired till late summer instead because we're depending on a on a live audience. So it all depends on, you know, fortunately we had quite a few series on the shelf <laughs> that we could pull into the schedule because the ones that are really bad off right now are the ones who we're going to produce quite a bit here in April and May, which are usually big months in Denmark for producing new series. I talked to Katrina Fugerson, which is head of drama at TV2, and she says she's never had, as, you know, so many pitches and, and really, you know, well-prepared good pitches for new drama series. So that's true. But the, but the main thing as a public service broadcaster, the main thing for us is that, you know, news are more important than ever. It's a great advert for the position of linear television at, at you know, the heart of family life. We provide isolated people with a companion that provides, you know, both entertainment and reassurance. And we provide viewers with the latest, you know, medical advice, advice that, you know, they, they know they can trust actual-based programming is, is really important, too. So we've also done some special initiatives that, we, uh, that are unprecedented in our schedule. With great success, it's a program that we call Denmark Unites, which is a Saturday night uh, primetime live celebration of the people that make a difference right now, and that went extremely well. That's, that was the most viewed um, event at TV2 since 2013 when we celebrated our 25th, 25th anniversary. So, but one of the things that are really suffering is sports. And we just launched 1st of January our second sports channel called SportX, SportX, and that that is has been turned into a movie channel, yeah, a feature film channel because there's no sports. So, I mean, we're hit pretty hard on our two sports channels, as is you know the rest of the world, I guess. The main thing for us has been not to cancel shows, but just to say, you know to get the production flowing again as soon as we, it's safe to do so. We're going to do Bingo this Saturday, which I think is, we probably w we wouldn't have done that. It's a special, what you might call the Corona uh, Entertainment Initiative. That kind of, but in Denmark, there's been a lot of people are doing more puzzles and playing more board games than ever. And I think that has to do, you know, you're kind of seeking, you get a little... Um, more nostalgic, more, uh, you know, seeking the good old days in some ways. And I think the, the, the idea of playing bingo with your family and with TV2, we have two wonderful comedians leading that program. And that is something that I think reflects the, we think reflects the needs that we have right now to do something as a family. We can see the amount of, of hours that people watch television together too is increasing. Family entertainment is some of the things that we're going to look into. And, and so that's one of the areas. And the other area is that we're seeing if we can do, all festivals have been canceled as they have over most of the 
rest of the world, the festivals have been cancelled. The big summer festivals have been cancelled and Denmark Rock Killer Festival and, and all the other ones that are known worldwide. And so we're looking into the, the possibility of doing music, more music programs, more festival programs over the summer to maybe do it as, you know, drive-in festivals <laughs> instead um, over the summer. So that's, that's, uh, that's two initiatives that kind of reflect the situation that we're in, the situation that we're in right now. Lotte Lingard, Director of Programs at TV2 Denmark. Canadian public broadcaster TVO Kids has always aired programming with an educational slant, but with children now learning from home, it's become an even more important source for parents and caregivers. TVO director of Kids TV, Marnie Malabar, told C21's Nico Franks how it's adapted to the situation about potential disruption to its programming pipeline in the year ahead and the threat COVID-19 poses to Canada's independent production sector. TVO has an in-house team. And so um, the in-house team is creating content from their homes. So we're able to turn that around much faster. We're still working with all of our independent uh, co-producers because most of them still had projects either in production or new ones that were about to green light into production. But all of those guys are the ones that were finishing projects. We're able to finish them again, just, you know, whether they were in post um, editing or, you know, color correction or post sound or whatever, they were able to, you know, connect various households across Canada to, to succeed at doing it. And slowly our year end um, was March 31st. So we had a number of series have to still deliver during this once we'd all started to work home because just due to bridging two different uh, fiscals, the product had to get delivered and they were successful at doing it all. So it is rather remarkable what we can do from home. And how's it going in terms of the timeline you know are you potentially going to run out of finished programming at any point or because animation in particular is something that can be produced from home have you got a kind of steady flow of stuff and also live action stuff are you able to kind of do that remotely as well it's always the start of our new year is in april anyways so for us um, most of our projects that we might have had in the queue are either still in production and therefore delivering on different timetables and that's still status norm, like they're still able to work because it wouldn't be something that was like a like an odd squad or um, say a Dino Dana. Those would have been, say, in post stages. So they're in post. So they're able to continue to deliver those series to us. And any of, of our smaller projects, same deal. They were able to be finished shooting and working in post. Our newer shows that are our co-productions that would be moving forward. Um, April is always the beginning of a new year for TVO because we're um, government funded and that's the start of the fiscal. So we would just, this is a pretty normal cycle for us, just start green lighting shows. The bigger change for us is that the shows that we are intending to green light, we've had conversations with all of them knowing that we realistically don't think people will be shooting again until say September. So you know, normally when a lot of our smaller shows that are working with children and whatnot try to do it over the summer, we, you know, realistically say it would be great if they could, but um, let's do a production calendar that has you starting in September and how does that impact your deliverables. So I think it's really more next year we're going to feel the delay in the deliverables because normally something that we would have greenlit now would be delivering to us before March of next year's but now they won't be delivering in March. They'll be delivering maybe in June of 2021 instead of March of 2021. So I think for TVO kids and TVO, we're going to feel the impact um, down the road a bit. 
Right now we're in a good position because we have a lot of new series that have just completed that we'll all be launching over the next number of months. It's just next year that we'll feel the difference. You know, and then TVO, the in-house team, which was doing less production um, and downsized a bit, is now doing more production than they've done in the last ages. And that's really because they can they can shoot on their iPhones and that kind of matches the style of the content that we expect them to be delivering. So we've been really fortunate. They've been, you know, able to shoot content that links to boredom busters. If you're home, not knowing what you're doing, here's some ideas. Also, if you, uh, all the knowledge that we want our kids to know around COVID they've been able to do. And we just happened to get lucky that one of um, Canada's most renowned puppeteers, um, happens to be the husband of our art director. So the two of them in their house have been shooting Dr. Cheddar. So Dr. Cheddar is a new series that we've launched where Dr. Cheddar answers all the concerns and questions from kids. And they're shooting it in green screen on an iPhone in their houses. But when you see Dr. Cheddar, which you can see it on our YouTube channels, it's, it's pretty darn sweet. And we're just finishing off a special that we'll be doing with the kids hospital here. So that was really exciting for us to be able to work um, in a partnership with them as well to help get some knowledge around COVID out to our kids and how to cope in these times. And we we're also pretty lucky that some of our co-producers like Big Bad Boo, which is 16 Hudson, and Sinking Ship, which is Odd Squad, Dino Dana, and Droids, they all had some uh, support and funding from Shaw Rocket Fund. And they've all been able to provide us, again, some additional content um, that helps our kids understand, you know, how the different complexities of COVID, what they need to understand. And also now we're moving it into sinking ships, some at-home learning resources. And that will complement because in May, TVO Kids will look to have teachers on our channel. We've, we've developed, we took over our broadcast one hour in the morning and one hour in the afternoon that is we're always educational. Like we've always, everything we've always had connects to it's a curriculum linked, but during this time period, we're going to actually have teachers doing actual teaching using our content to support the teaching lessons they want to do. So primary grades in the morning and junior grades in the afternoon. And, you know, it's just an opportunity again for, for our young viewers who maybe don't have constant access to the internet, they can go old school and put on traditional broadcast TV and find a teacher there in the morning and a teacher there in the afternoon. So that's something new again that TVO is doing with its in-house team and resources to support all the co-productions that we still have coming in. And are there certain things that your third-party suppliers, so independent producers, can bring to you that you're looking for in the short-term, mid-term or long-term at the moment as a result of the coronavirus crisis? Right now, as I said, we're fortunate that we have a lot of new shows coming in our pipeline because it would have been the normal cycle of production for us. But as we move forward and those programs launch and we start looking for newer inventory, We'll continue to try to match inventory that supports the educational outcomes that our kids have in their primary grades of learning and the preschool stuff as well. We ideally, our audience is a two to eight year old. We're expanding that a bit right now to help ensure that the junior kids, which is up to grade five or six, are covered off of it. But traditionally, TVO Kids is really an eight year old and under. So we'll just make sure that we continue to look to work with producers who are creating educational content that supports the inventory needs that we have. And are there any different formats um, that you're looking to push into? So you mentioned that puppeteering format, stuff that I guess is more ideally suited to being produced remotely or from people's homes. Currently, we're not looking for a different format, but that doesn't 
mean that we won't be. You know, for us right now, because at TBO we have an in-house team, that in-house team is able to shoot on their iPhones and create content quickly. But again, um, we've always tried to be open to what independent producers might bring us and pitch us because we launch our content on all platforms at the same time. We have we have YouTube, we have Linear Broadcast, and we have tvokids.com. And when we get a video, we put it up everywhere on the same day at the same time because we know the kids consume our content differently depending upon what households they're in or where they are and what they can access. So for us, as we continue to move forward, we'll always be open to what are new ideas that strong creative producers bring us. And those ideas we'll look at trying to figure out how they will enhance what inventory needs we have. I don't think anybody has that crystal ball yet to figure out what we're going to need in the fall or what we're going to need next spring. I think the challenge is, is that we're all going to have to just remain open to what is possible for independent producers to create. And it is such an uncertain time. And obviously the long-term impact of this is very hard to, to gauge, particularly economically. Do you have fears that you know some of your suppliers might potentially go out of business things like that or do you feel satisfied that there is enough maybe you know potential government support to prevent that it's not easy for me to answer that question because like you said we don't have a crystal ball i know that we at tvo work with numerous um, different size companies some of them are small some of them are medium some of them are large and i know that all of them are uh, creatively working at finding different ways to um, keep creating content. And we're pretty lucky because we have a breadth of different types of producers that work with us on different types of projects, small, medium, and large. You know, the large animation ones, you're right, those ones will just keep moving forward. The smaller magazine format with, say, two kid hosts, that's going to be a harder show for them to produce when they can't be out there in the middle of summer producing it. But I, we are hopeful that by continuing to, TVO is fortunate, we work with the Canadian Media Fund and have an envelope of, of resources we're supposed to allocate to projects and we are working at doing that right now. So we will be green lighting shows into production um, as we always have at this time of year. And the good news is that we hope that that will um, make those producers that are greenlit into productions know that there is a project for 2020. We have spoken with all those producers and we know that no one's really probably shooting until September, but they are, at least the intention of heading into production will keep you with that vision down the road, should allow those companies to be able to work with their um, financial planning people to say, here's a project coming. I know I get to do it. I just can't do it yet. So we're hopeful that the companies that we work with will survive this, you know, COVID times that we're all navigating and getting through. But for sure, TVO is aware that it's going to be tough times and we look to be as supportive as possible and and as flexible as possible when working with these producers. Marnie Malabar, Director of Kids TV at TVO in Canada. That's all for this episode. Remember, if you'd like to share your story of coping with COVID-19 with the international TV industry, email us using the address press at c21media.net. There'll be more from the podcast tomorrow, but in the meantime, stay safe and stay up to date with all the latest developments by following C21 online, on mobile and social media. Thanks for listening.